go. Welcome to Awesome with Allison. And Eric, too. I'm Allison, and our only goal with this here podcast is the wildest route in the wilderness. (laughs) 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 Is to help you feel more awesome each time you listen. Whether it's by laughing at us, laughing with us, or learning something new and helpful, we hope you feel a tad more empowered, lightened up. Ooh, and awesome than you did before. I'm here with the one, the only, the sexy, the talented, my husband and and yours, yours. (laughs) Mr. Eric Robertson. That's me. Hey, babe. It's really funny to do the podcast looking at you. Why? Why am I so funny to look at? Podcast for five plus years with me looking at the back of your chair, and now that we're like in face to face conversation, it's very different. How do you feel about it? I feel so good. And I also feel so good that everybody is here. Everybody. Yeah, everyone. Thanks. Everyone, because you're here. If you're listening to this, you're here. here. Yeah. And we're really grateful that you're here because we love talking to ourselves. Do we? (laughs) I don't know. I don't. Actually, I do. This is episode 176, Inner World versus Outer World. What world are we living in? This is really just my excuse to have a conversation about reality, which I'm always so excited to talk about because one step away from a conversation about reality means I get to talk about the Matrix. I can't believe you didn't know that's where I was going. I could have said crystals or... (laughs) Therapy or... (laughs) Those are all things I like to talk about. Flowers. But whenever it comes to reality, it's we're going to talk about the Matrix. But, I mean, only in passing. So, I'm really excited for this episode. I really believe this episode, the main benefit is that you're going to find solutions for peace. And find solutions for whatever it is that is scratching, itching at your surface right now, maybe bothering you a bit. So pull that up with a little bit of distance, a little bit of love, and I think a few solutions will be able to come to you with these ideas. So I want to talk about this concept of inner world and outer world, and then Eric and I are each going to share three ways that we've enriched our inner world. So let's talk about why that even matters. One time I was watching a dating show. <laughs> I think it was one. One time? Shut your face. Like, I go through phases. But I was watching, I think it was like Love is Blind, or they, where they had a lot of, like, relationship therapists. And they were talking about who they were going to pair together. I think it was Love at First Sight. Because mm-hmm. it's the one where they're, like, analyzing who to put together to okay. decide they're going to marry, get married without even seeing each Just other. Just a compelling show. It is compelling because I like the psychology. I, I really do. And one of the therapists said about a contestant, he has a very rich inner world. And that was the first time, or maybe I was just listening, but that was the first time I had language for something like that where I'm like, I have a rich inner world. <laughs> There's a lot going on in there. There's a lot going on in there. So I've been thinking about Or this. a little, just a little bit's going on. It could be. For other people. I'm just saying like my perception of someone who has a rich inner world, they're very calm. Not a lot's going on. I love that you said that because the next place I was going to jump mm-hmm. is as I've been thinking about this for a few years and thinking about it today for the episode, I was like, this is almost sounding like a conversation between extrovert and introvert. Okay. Because you could say 
that an introvert... Now, this is jumping to a lot of conclusions, though. You Just could, jump. I'm going to jump. You could say that an introvert might have a a very full inner world or they're more able or it's more comfortable. I don't want to say it's better. Like, I don't want to, like, better or worse. But, like, the introverts might have a rich inner world that they're happy and it feels safer and more comfortable and peaceful in that inner world, whereas the extrovert might be more comfortable in the external world or they want to share their inner world with other people. I'm not sure if this has something to do with it or not. So I think just it would be interesting to have people pay attention to this. And I also, I don't necessarily think, I think that a lot of us, like I definitely have a very rich inner world, but that also when we live in your head, you're dead. Live in your head, you're dead. And so living inside your head can also be like this torturous experience. So... It goes both ways. It's like, yes, we. I believe I personally want to have a rich inner world where there's truth and thought and ideas and stimulation and excitement and creativity, both inspired by the synapses being fired by my brain and the beautiful nature and world and humans around me. Do you have any thoughts on that with like extrovert, introvert, inner world, outer world? I think the term you're looking for is stay in your head, your dad. And that was re- that was in relation to a ruminating, ruminating on a problem or reliving a moment. I don't think living in your head, like being in your head, head and soul are different to me. I guess mm-hmm. in your head, rumination, and that isn't great. Being at peace or being calm inside your soul is a very beautiful place. Yeah. But to me, it's two different things. And I think that's really good because we're saying inner world. And I think I am visualizing my brain, my head a little bit more. And maybe that's part of it. That's part of the different parts of your inner world. Is your inner world the observer or the mind? I think it's both. Because... Why wouldn't it be both? The mind unchecked will just go. Yes, absolutely. So is that the inner world or is it the... It can be the inner world, which is why... So the inner world can be hell or heaven. Exactly. Okay. Yes. We're, I'm trying to get the definitions so I know where to... Well, yeah, I think that's great because we're all trying to get the definition. And this is just something that I've been thinking about, like I said. But why I wanted to do an episode about it is because I was meditating this morning and I put on like a 13-minute song and I was like, I'm going to meditate for this song. And then I just started thinking about how interesting it was. Like the first monks or Zen Buddhists or whoever started meditating and then told everyone else to meditate. This is a really good idea. What an interesting inclination. This beautiful world with beasts that want to kill you and ground that you have to try to make fertile so you can get crops and food from it is a very alluring, distracting, all senses grabbing world what caused somebody to stop and say, there's also this world happening inside of me. And when I tend to that garden, when I pull the weeds from the internal garden, when I make the soil fertile within myself, these different seeds of possibility within me grow, just tending to the outer world does, right? What would be, for me, usually pain is what, seeks out a solution. So I was just 
curious, like what type of pain or what type of reflection or what type of experience led somebody to stop fighting the saber-toothed tiger or whatever it is and say, I'm going to go within. And that was just like a really interesting idea to me because life, it's so easy to just be in a place and then stay there. Whether it's inner world, outer world, in your head, in your soul. I don't know. It's an interesting idea. It's a fascinating idea. It's a good question. I don't know how it started. I mean, one of the ideas I had is one of my like I, tips for inner world peace, inner world enjoyment is I have to believe that I'm, that there's something much bigger that I'm connected to. If that wasn't the case and it was just me and we just live in this very sensorial world, then going in to me doesn't have as much meaning. Mm -hmm. But if I'm going in and connecting to what I believe is the truth, like God and Mm -hmm. spirit and the interconnectivity between all humans and life, I think that's an inherent truth. And I think that we're, I think that we're programmed to, to come from there. To remember truth. It's just like, it's, the idea is like watching a child play. Childs, they're very present and they're very in tune with themselves. And I love that because you can look at the child and then reflect, wow, they're just enjoying something. Why am I not enjoying something? And then we reflect and it's like, because I'm freaking stressed out about tomorrow. Or yeah. I'm very sad about yesterday. And But when I know I'm connected and that there's this wide expanse, this beautiful web of love and connectivity, then... It incentivizes me to want to go there and come from that place. I love that you brought that up because that isn't something that I thought of this morning. I thought of pain. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's why I would want to start to fix something. But the longing, which is a different type of pain or a quest, the longing for God or a higher power, that would also be a reason somebody, like meaning, essentially is what I hear you saying. And so I really like that idea. And I also, before we get into tips and application and all of that, part of the place I landed this morning was, well, because I feel like eventually after so many lifetimes or lives lived, people would be able to come together with shared experience and gather around the fire and tell stories and realize that being happy or fulfilled or feeling connected or safe is not completely dependent on the outer world or external circumstances. And for me, as somebody who loves observing people and trying to understand people, that's like my go-to is like, how are people working? How are we operating? Other people might be focusing on the plants or something else, but I'm always trying to like figure out like how is this person operating? What experiences brought them here? So that's what my brain did is it automatically was like, well, I feel like after a certain amount of time, you would look around and say, happiness, peace, joy, prosperity, these things don't just come from our external circumstances. Because that person over there has nothing or has had this awful thing happen to them and they seem more content than I do. What are the internal factors? What is the inner world and how does it affect and color my experience in this outer world? And I think a lot of time, I have spent a lot of time feeling like I live in my own reality or I want to live in my own reality. And that is great 
And we talk a lot about this. Like we have an episode 165 that I I re-listened to getting ready for this. It's great. It's which reality do you want to choose today? And I'm talking about you can choose the reality where you're this powerful creator, right? But this inner world versus outer world, what I have noticed is circumstances happen in life. Things happen in life. Other people's actions, all of these things happen And cultivating the inner world peace is what trickles out and brings the most outer world peace for me. So I thought that, and I think a lot of people, now I think that we need to work on things outside of us in the shared reality, in the community around us. But specifically today, wanted to invite you into your inner world. Is it a place that you want to be? Sometimes it's scary. I was just about to say, it doesn't feel (laughs) safe a lot of times. And why would we want to be somewhere that doesn't feel safe? And when my head or soul or spirit or heart doesn't feel safe, what do I do? I want to escape. So I will either escape by numbing, disassociating. I might watch TV or listen to 20 hours of a book, right? Yeah. I guess if it's not a place you'd want to be, we have some ideas to help clean it up or to move you from your head to your observer soul. I love that. The seat of the witness, the observation. Because throughout the day, I think I'm in both places a lot. Mm. And there's such a difference between both, right? Yeah. And even on the best days, sometimes your mind can still tell you, incorrect things or rehash past thoughts that just seem to always stick there. But the more I get to the observer and my, the crystal lake is of what I envision of my soul. The more I get there, the less it's like a, it's like a balance of the justice scale. The more I'm there, the less pull the head has. And then the less, and then in, in consequence after that, the less the external world has on me. The more I'm inside that beautiful place. So we have some ideas, right? Yeah. And I think I just want to add to that. I really like that. And I want to add, I've been noticing, I've been having more anxiety. And here's the way that I notice that I'm having more anxiety. I start sighing a lot more. Yes. And Eric points it out to me. And so also my skin gets really itchy. I start getting really itchy. Like I just noticed myself like scratching more. So I looked it up and that, I mean, itching and scratching, that has to do with your nervous system. So it actually makes a ton of sense after the fact. But if you're feeling really itchy, I get restless leg. So I was also noticing just like, I cannot stop shaking my leg. And then it, it would get like progressively worse as I go to sleep. I've needed to in the last few weeks as I feel my anxiety increasing without really a reason why it's increasing. I mean, like, I'm sure there's reasons on and on, but like noticing the anxiety, the challenge for me has been, I'm noticing it. Let's, what are the basics that I go back to help alleviate this? Right. And so this might be obviously, this is probably stuff you've heard before. But what I've realized is I'm showing up more in the outer world. 
I have lived in my world, you know, like this back and forth. And I'm like entering into the quote unquote outer world more and more. And what it starts to do is I feel like it taxes and strains the systems within my inner world. And so the anxiety gets increased. Mm -hmm. So the tendency there is stop doing things. Stop doing things. Quit. Quit. But that doesn't make me happy either, (laughs) right? I have too much energy for that. These are things that I have really currently been putting into practice. I really needed these practices and needed to be really aware of them more because I feel like I am going through a period of time where the strains in the outer world are more taxing on the inner world. And so that's just something that I think like we don't set ourselves up for success in a lot of the time. Like we send our kids off to school, we send ourselves off to work, we send our kids ourselves, like we're these children, we send them into something without really giving ourselves the tools we need to show up successfully and do the job or accomplish the task. Mm -hmm. And then we just sit around feeling like crap because we didn't do it a very good job or we weren't able to do it. And so right now I'm focused on a process-oriented 90-day, I'll share more about this because I'm going to be sharing it with more people soon, but like this 90-day like ritual essentially where I'm focusing on process. It's a 90-day program with no goals. It's 90 days of process. And what I've learned a lot about in just one week of doing this is that I set, oh, I'm going to post on Instagram. Okay, here's why I want to do that fight all those battles and then get to, oh, but I didn't post today. And instead of going, the day was a complete bust or I didn't do the thing, I go, okay, that's information that I get to take and realize I didn't set myself up for success. I didn't give myself the tools so that could happen today. Mm. It's such a different way to approach your life. It's so simple. It's such a small shift. But it is such a different approach to sit there and go, oh, I didn't get the circumstance, the result, or the thing that I want. And instead of automatically the story of, I'm a loser, I'm lazy, I'm the worst, I never do anything, I must not really want it. If I wanted it, I would do it. It's too hard. Those are all stories. At the end of the day, the only information that I actually want to take away from that is, if this is something that I want to do, I need to prepare differently so that I have the tools to do it. And so these inner world tools, I think a lot of the times are the answer or the missing ingredient in the recipe for the circumstance that we are just longing for and Mm -hmm. craving. Right? I I agree. Yeah. Okay. So what were your ideas? First one for mine was the foundation that I have to believe or know that I'm there's something much greater than me that I'm mm, tapping into. I'm not tapping into I'm not tapping into myself. Like I start with myself, but I'm tapping into this eternal source mm. of truth, light, energy, love. And that thought changes everything. I love it's not that. from me. It humbles me. It makes it so it's beautiful. It makes it it takes things off my shoulders and I'm opening up to the source of all things. I love that. So that's my first takeaway. You so have to we, start to, I have to start there if it's going to be meaningful. And I love that. I, just by way of building up a scaffolding, we're each going to share three things that we do to cultivate our inner world peace. <laughs> we're beauty contestants. World peace. Okay. I like, I want to hear all three of yours. Okay. My next one is like in relation to going to 
we'll just call it meditation. I don't like the word meditation very much. It's overused. It's like going into my crystal lake, okay? Going into my soul, going into clarity, stillness. I love the word stillness, okay? Going there, tapping into my inner world. I have to make it externally as easy as possible. And this is what I mean. I need to have a place. What? I'm just laughing about yesterday because <laughs> I know where you're going. Oh, really? I, okay, so I have to have a place. I have to have a time. Wait, so I don't understand what you're saying. Okay, to go into myself. Okay, about cultivating inner world peace. Yes. And the first one was you got to tap into this idea that you're not just this isolated yes. little air I'm going, yeah, I'm, so I'm going to the first. The second one is I need to have time and I need to have a place. Oh, okay, so you need a time and a space to do Planned. that. yes, to do oh, that. Oh, okay, I love that. Okay, so yes. you can do it during the day. If you find yourself getting stressed, like you can have tools to like to separate, but I like time in the morning to go do it for myself because it starts my day right Mm -hmm. to just, you're just filling up your essentially. Okay. So I'm saying make it as easy as possible. Don't have a time, have a schedule, have a place. Like I have my chair up there where I read and then meditate and pray. So that makes it so much easier when I don't have a schedule, I forget, or I don't do it. I don't prioritize just like you were saying, you're setting the scene for you to go there. So number two is make it as easy as possible. Set the scene. And then three is, Practice leads to experience, and then experience leads to results. I remember when I started meditating, I don't know that I got much out of it, but I kept trying it because I thought it would work, and then I very much got results. And then when you get the results, it's so much easier to tap into it and then do it. And so you just got to do it. You just got to practice and trust that it's going to work. You don't give up after one day. You don't give up after a week. You just keep going. And what would you define as meditating? Because we've been talking specifically about cultivating an inner world, and I feel like you just used meditation in place of inner world, which is totally fine. So I just am like, what do you mean specifically by that? I mean stillness. Mm -hmm. Being able to tap into the source, I guess that's what cultivating the inner world for me is tapping into the source without my ego. Mm -hmm. Um, Just practicing it. Like, you just have to do it. It has to be consistent. I love the quote, consistency guarantees success. It just doesn't guarantee when. Yeah. (laughs) I know it's a good quote. It just makes me mad. It's so interesting. I love those and they're so good. And I love when you talk about your like frozen, pristine, still lake within you. And it could just be how I feel in this moment. But I want to rage. I want to storm your calm lake. My tendency, like, I don't want to attack your calm lake, but I don't know, you talk about this, like, super serene, peaceful lake, and I start visualizing, like, a tempest where I'm like, let's mess it up. Let's just, like, rage. I dare you to try. (laughs) Bring it on. Challenge accepted. I also think that's just, that is, like, your nature, your nature is a peacemaker, stillness, calm. That truly is your nature. And I idolize and almost worship that nature. I have in the past where lots of people that like I'm close to have that nature. And I think it's, I long for it. It feels good to me. But also like, how can I be like that? I'm so not like that. There is a deep stillness within me, but at the same time, I think just part of my nature is a little more stormy. I'm a little ragier. I'm a little stormier. And there's 
benefits to both. And so I love your examples because I feel like they stem from that place of this is a beautiful, this is a serene place we like to go to. And for me, I feel like it took a lot of time of building up a sense of safety to be able to even start to access that inner state because it didn't feel safe. It did not feel safe in my body. It did not feel safe in my head. And so when people are talking about meditating or we're talking about the inner world, I do just want to acknowledge that it might just take some time, like you were saying, Eric, of like practice. And the practice might even just be thinking about it becoming a safe space that you want to go to. Or what are the steps that I would take if I wanted to make this inner world feel a little more safe? And so everybody's going to be approaching it from all of these different ways. But I think we can both agree that it's the place to start, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. It's the place to start because it is the thing that we have power over. And I find as I master and have compassion for my inner world more and more, the way that I interact with the world outside of me, the more confident I am to say what I believe and know what I feel when it comes to politics or the world at large, like even in those types of situations, having that inner world connection is so important for feeling like I'm coming from a place of truth for myself. If you think about it, that's where the only true place that confidence can come from, real confidence. Yeah. If you're only getting confidence from what other people say, they can also take it away and then you lose the confidence. Absolutely. If you have the confidence from inside where you know it and it's from the core of your soul, they can't take it away. So that's where all the source of these amazing attributes, like eternal good attributes come from, is the inner mind, the inner inner self, the stillness where you're connected to the divine. And I love that too, that that phrase that you said, they can't take it away. When I think about enslaved people and I think about people who have had just atrocities and genocide and how do like how do you survive? How do you go on? And it's that inner world mastery is the difference. Not that we want anybody to be in the situation where they have to retreat to an inner world in order to feel any safety. But it really is such a powerful, life-changing tool, but a world-changing tool as well. It does. It really changes the world. So three things that have helped me cultivate a peaceful inner world. The first one I have is acceptance. So we, I really liked our episode last week. I've got some great feedback about it. Episode 175 about anger. And we talk about how with anger, a lot of the time that we don't want to feel angry. So we're like, oh, I'm angry. Okay, what can I do to not feel angry? That's not acceptance. <laughs> like it's just straight up not acceptance. So for number one, it has helped. This is, I saw it this way as like, This is a practice that has helped me cultivate inner world, more inner world peace, is accepting that things get to be both. I get to be a hero and a villain. I am going to be the villain in some people's stories. And I'm going to be the villain and the hero in some people's stories. I'm going to be a hero in some ways and a villain in some ways. 
that is very hard to accept. And I love that dichotomy because it just stretches the brain. And so accepting that I get to be both and things get to be both has really helped me cultivate more inner world peace. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. The second tip I have is noticing. So recently it was Rad's birthday and he's the best. He turned 10 and all he wanted for his birthday, we, we don't do a big birthday party every year. So we did, he did a movie with a few friends. They saw Dungeons and Dragons. Eric, how many times have you seen that movie now? Four. <laughs> too many. Too many. Stop Stop it, too. But it's really good. It's really it good. It is great. It's a great we really movie. loved it. But Eric's seen it a lot of times. And I noticed with Rad's birthday that this thing happens, and he's turning 10. So it took me 10 years to get it. But this has happened pretty consistently over the years. Is I'll feel like his birthday will come out of nowhere. Like, it will sneak up on me. It might be the time of the year. It's April, on and on. And then I just feel bad, like I didn't do enough. And I realized this year, regardless of what I do for his birthday, I have this same feeling every year. Noticing is my second tool for cultivating a rich inner world peace. Being able to notice that this time of year and the feelings that come up, I would not be able to notice it if I was so in it. And that's what has happened in the past. That's why I haven't really ever noticed the pattern because I was so in the pattern. And I had so much, I mean, so much anxiety coming up the days before his birthday. I had never put the two together. And I know that like you were saying, it's that habit, the practice of noticing. And noticing requires for me to not be so personally and emotionally involved in every single aspect of my life because that's what I used to think was caring and I really care and so I'm going all in and I'm feeling everything and everything's really personal but that was actually just a lot of misery and (laughs) I was I am and was really empathetic but like living in that space does not cultivate inner world peace. And so being able to move into the seat of the witness, being able to move into that place of things get to be both, that noticing gives me a lot of really good information. And then because I was able to notice that is something that happens, it's something that I was able to talk about in therapy today and work through and think about some emotions. And Not like I'm just sitting there and living in it, but I really do feel like I was able to clear up a few things that are going to make my life going forward so much easier. And I was talking to Eric more in depth about what those things are specifically, and I was reminded of Jacob Marley's chains in A Christmas Tale. Carol, a Christmas tale, Carol, a Christmas Carol of tales. I also called him Bob Marley. Yeah. <laughs> Let's call him by like that better than Jacob Marley. Yeah. <laughs> a like, tale of Christmas with Bob Marley. Yes, the tale. <laughs> so Bob Marley's got these big chains, but they're the they're like these chains that we create for ourselves that we then drag through life. And if we don't take the time to notice the links of the chain that we've accumulated, we just keep dragging them along. So number two for me is notice, and number three is writing it down. Journaling, journaling. I've recommitted. Part of my 90-day process is recommitting to doing my journaling every day where it's a free brain dump 
of thoughts and emotions. This is the number one thing that I recommend to every single person who does a power hour with me, personal one-on-one coaching. It's the number one thing that brings people clarity and peace. Your brain is too fast for you to have a full thought without maybe beating yourself to the end and supplanting a new idea. The only way you're actually going to get like the full truth a lot of times is to write it out. To write it out. So I'm recommitting to allowing my inner world a place on the page so that I'm not living in not, it's not like I'm even living in it because I'm living in like half portion of it because it's like your brain is only ever landing on about half of it. And then it just flits away into the atmosphere, this other half that when you write things down, it's captured mm-hmm. you, and your brain can't trick you and say, oh, nope, I'm fixing the end of that sentence. Mm. And so truths are able to come up, realizations are there. And also, as we talked about in our anger episode, I think that journaling is a really beautiful way to tend and take care of these difficult, uncomfortable emotions. And if we ignore them, they (laughs) find their way back to us. (laughs) And if we tend to them in this really compassionate way, it cultivates this beautiful world of peace within. And it doesn't mean that it's always going to be this perfectly crystal clear lake because there's going to be anger in that lake. There's going to be storms. There's going to be all of those things. But being able to return to that lake and there's a storm and it can be crystal clear. I don't know. I feel like both get to exist. Mm -hmm. And I think that's being human. Yeah, unfortunately. It's a brain <laughs> I mean, if we're going to have this supercomputer in our head and we have all this external stimulus from in yeah. and out coming, of course it's going to be a storm. Yeah, absolutely. Both. It's going to be both. It's going to be both. That's why it's beautiful. Yeah. So inner world versus outer world. What world are you living in? What world are you operating from? And that is such a cool question that has really been eye-opening and interesting to me. Hopefully it does something for you and wishing you so much peace and love in your inner world. And Eric, is there a podcast review? There is. This is from Illustrate or they say, I love this episode. Oh, this isn't, this is about our marriage one. The 15 years. Oh, marriage. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. Say, I love this episode because me and my husband just hit 15 years this year too. This was a therapeutic listen after my husband and I had just had a week of bad communicating and knowing that it's okay to still struggle with the seemingly small stuff after being married for a while. They say they're very excited for my podcast as well, and, oh. and you guys are awesome. Oh, thank you, Illustrate Tour. There's an eight on the Illustrate. There's an eight. You know how people do skater? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I really like that. He was a skater boy. Illustrate or will you shoot us an email to... Awesome with Allison at the Allisonshow.com. That's the email address. That's the one. Shoot us an email. That's Allison with one L. We would love to send you my I'm freaking grateful. I'm doing awesome gratitude journal. I think it's called I'm doing awesome. I think that's what it is. It'll be a surprise. It will be a surprise to me, but yeah. not to anyone because they can look it up. <laughs> it's there. Mm. We're gonna send that to you. Thank you guys so much for your reviews. 
Thank you for sharing about the podcast. Thank you for text messaging your friends about the podcast, sharing episodes of the podcast. Eric and I really appreciate the specific commentary we get on the individual episodes. So when you do that, if there's no response from us, please know that we are still so appreciative and really grateful that we get to be a part of your lives and you get to be a part of our lives. It's a really cool thing. And we freaking love you. So I'm going to leave you with that. And I'm going to leave you with this. Only you can be you. And you are already awesome as you need to be. Mr. Eric Robertson, is there a song? Yeah, you know what? I'm going to play, I can't remember what it's called, but it's the song that I chose for the theme for my podcast. Oh. The Men Who Love God. I'm going to just play that song. It's a full song. I took it from my own library because I wrote it. Oh, because you write music. And I do write music. And I, so use, cool. I use that for the intro and outro. It's a great song. And then I also, know, I really liked it. And then also hop over to my podcast. It's that. Yeah. Yeah. You know it. <laughs> and why should I play the song now? I mean, right? you've already performed it. <laughs> Love you guys. Love you.